When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1013. If you're going to be in Raleigh, North Carolina, or the surrounding areas, or maybe you just feel like going on a super long trip, I'm going to be at Goodnight's Comedy Club in Raleigh, North Carolina, August 8, 9, 10. Um, yeah, if you have a pop figure, bring it. I think we're actually going to be selling some there if you don't have one. Uh, but I'm happy to sign it, whatever you have. I'll sign whatever. It <laughs> doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> well, within reason, you know, if you work at a morgue, don't bring a corpse. I'm not going to sign that unless it's one of the thousand corpses from House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, in which case bring your House of a Thousand Corpses stuff. I'll sign that too. People do. There are amazing people who have, have spent years collecting like all of the corpses signatures from Rob and Sherry and Rain and, and Mosley and everyone. And so, uh, yeah, I always am delighted to, to see those too. So uh, whatever I hope to see you there, the website is goodnightscomedy.com, August 8, 9, 10. Uh, let's talk about the community cork board, ID10T. It's uh, events at ID10T.com. And Todd writes, just want to tell you about my podcast. The 206 Geek. I recorded on my iPad using the recording app back, uh, Backpack Studio. Uh, it's a great app. Anyway, that's a good recommendation, actually. Um, I haven't used it, but uh, but it's always nice to hear about what apps people use to record their podcasts for other folks who are out there recording their podcasts and making their things. So uh, thank you for the recommendation, Todd. Anyway, he says, uh, I basically talk about nerdy stuff and anything I find cool on the internet. I recommend podcasts, TV shows, and movies. And I talk about stories I find on social media or blogs. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, if they can't find it, just go to 206 Geek. Dot com the number 206geek.com and listen there. Thanks, Todd. Nice work. Also, Tim writes, I co-authored a book with a friend of mine called The 90-Day Meditation Challenge. I'm interested. How to Build a Daily Mindfulness Practice, it's called. Uh, we decided to create a down-earth guide that uses humor and is easier to relate to than some books on the topic. Yes, some meditation books are a little on the, the heavier side. Uh, so it's nice, like a more upbeat version, you know, anything that kind of broadens the horizons and gets people to practice mindfulness and meditate. Good, good, good. It's for anyone who wants to get into meditation but doesn't know where to start, or for anyone who tried it and wasn't sure if they were doing it right. It teaches a practical system that anyone can use and methods to turn meditation into a daily habit. I know how much meditation has improved my life, and I want to share it with as many people as I can. You can find the 90-Day Meditation Challenge on Amazon, and if you're a Kindle Unlimited member, you can download it for free. All right, nice job, Tim. Um, this episode is Katie Sackoff, who is hilarious. 
Now, obviously, Katie, you know from a million things, including Battlestar, uh, and she's rad. And the first time she was on the podcast years ago, it was legitimately one of the funniest episodes in the history of the podcast. Uh, she's hilarious. She does a lot of sci-fi stuff now. I hope she does more comedy. I hope she gets to do more comedy because uh, she makes me laugh real hard. And it was wonderful to have her back on the podcast. She's promoting her new Netflix sci-fi series, Another Life, which is on Netflix now. It's streaming now. And uh, her upcoming YouTube channel that is going to be launching in August. And we're going to talk about this on the podcast. And it's a freaking amazingly cool idea. And I'm so happy she's doing it. So, uh, yeah. So when her YouTube channel launches in just a couple days, uh, I believe August 6th, she said, was the day. So just a few days from the posting of this episode. And uh, go enjoy uh, all all things Katie Sackoff because uh, uh, she's rad. And here is... The ID10T Podcast, number 1013, with Katie Sackhoff returning to the podcast as we roll the thing. Initiating ID10T Protocol. fun when things work. Have you ever redone a house before? Oh, I'm in the process of it right now. Yeah! I've been living in a guest house for two years. Oh, that's great. Yeah. The house has been gutted for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sitting there. Just today's the day that we are in final plan check. <laughs> so... Is it sort of like Money Pit? With the Money Pit? Have you ever seen Money Pit with uh, Tom Hanks and Shelley yes. Long? Yeah. Yes. It's that same thing. Or like, two weeks! And yeah. And then like a year yeah. or two years There's later. There's holes in the floor. So like when I go in to show people the house, the dogs follow her. I'm like, no! <laughs> Trap doors! <laughs> <laughs> the big fluffy ones like this one. It's really bad. What do you... So you just ripped it down to the studs and you're just... So re- I found a 16,000 square foot lot. Oh, wow! Massive. Where? How? Massive. Um, I... Was about to buy a house in Encino, mm-hmm. and the day I went out, it was like a hundred and five degrees, and I was like really upset on the drive home that <laughs> that was. My, I was like, I'm buying this house for the property so the dogs can hang out outside, and yeah. my 14 year old pug would die in this heat. Yeah. Like I can't, yeah. I can't do this. And on the way home, I drove past this house, and I'm like. They've been telling me to look at this stupid house for like, it's been sitting on the market for six months. I might as well look at it. And I walked in and was like, it, it was, um, they ran Buddhist retreats out of it. So the energy oh, was like, wow. it was perfect. I walked in the front door and like turned around and was like, I, I'll take it. And they were like, that's great. We've gotten two offers this morning. Oh, of course. And I was like, how does that happen? It sits on the market for six months. And then all of a sudden, so I bought it and then. Um, started doing plans and then went through plan check and it took so long to get through plan check they changed the code oh that, yeah 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 that always happens and the house no longer fit on the property so they <laughs> so then I started all over again <laughs> so just me my boyfriend and three dogs in the back house it's always good to get permits and go the proper route yeah. and I, I, I do it I support it but 
knowing what the hurdles are to get things done, it's understandable why people do unpermitted things. Oh my god, it's the dumbest (laughs) things that they make you do. Like, now the setback is six feet, and it used to be five feet, so the new addition has to jog in a foot, but you're allowed to have the roof hang out. Yeah. So I looked at the guy, and I went, you know you're, like, begging for me to just pop that back out one (laughs) foot when you guys leave, right? And he was like, yeah. I can't, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a there, there's a there's another little place that we're gonna restore, and the where it's built like up next to the wall. Oh, thank you. Um, our contractor was like, "Yeah, you can't, you can't demolish too much of this house because if you do, you'll have to move it to a different part of the property. Pick it up because it's not because by current standards, it wouldn't be. It's okay that it's here now because it's old. Yeah." But you would never be able to put a new house here. You'd have to just, like, start all over again. That's the same thing they said. They were like, you can pick it up and move it. (laughs) I was like, the whole 3,000 square feet or just that one? Everyone grab a corner. We're just going to pick this up. We'll just move it over there. People do that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fun. It's a fun process. Mm. I love it because my favorite thing with restoration is that, like, because we work in creative fields, sometimes it's very difficult to... And our results can be very subjective. Yeah. And it's very difficult to track the progress of something. Is this making sense? Is this working? Is this yeah. doing a good job? But when you're restoring a house, it's very linear. I'm going to take this down. I'm going to put this up. I'm going to put this wallpaper. I'm going to put this furniture. And it's like a living exhibit yes. to your effort. Yes. It's Yeah, you're building a fence. You're Yes, you're building a fence. Yeah. And, you know, it's like... I don't know how to track. Yeah. I still don't know how to track, like, creative. I didn't think that's why there's so many people go crazy in this business because they're just trying to figure yeah. out, like, am I doing a good job? I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Well, it's, you know, it's been a year and a half since we started doing this or pitched this new show to Netflix. A year and a half. No one's seen it. So oh my it's like, gosh. you know, a year and a half with a house. Any uh, any house other than my house, you'd actually see some work done on it. 18 months is a pretty standard gestation period Mm. like if you can get something done in a year and a half in this business that's actually pretty good pretty good right because some things can be three years five years yeah you know 10 Mm -hmm. years yeah poking around yeah yeah so supposed to get our our permits today but in the meantime we have gotten one of those like 300 above ground pools off amazon yeah like a keg and a slip and slide in the backyard (laughs) because we're like we might as well enjoy this backyard yeah you got to live like trailer people tearing it up it's a redneck riviera in my backyard people walk in and they're like oh is that a slip and slide and a pool yeah this is amazing over here is a skeet shooting range it's pretty bad it's pretty bad watch out for dog poop it's gonna be there it's over there <laughs> it's that fine. car's up on blocks we're gonna get to it it's totally fine don't you worry you it's don't bad. worry about it fence is falling down so if you need to get out you actually gotta crawl under it sorry <laughs> it's okay the venice hillbillies it's held together by some bungee cords it actually is and there's a stick to hold it away from the house so what does this mean now that so what does it mean now that you're in the today's like the last plan check does that mean that then you can then do the rest of the work to yes complete the, house? the builder can then actually submit for the plan or the permit so once the city signs off today which would be amazing yeah after two years um my builder then can go down and submit the plans because they've been approved and then we wait for our permit which <laughs> I was under the impression that as soon as today was over and they stamped it, that we could, like, you know, tear the walls off. And no. No, 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 no. I wanted to move. um, I have a call box on the front gate here, and I just wanted to move it out to the sidewalk. 
because it was too close to the gate, so you had you to like get out of your car. Yeah. And that took about a year. Yeah. <laughs> just to be able to move, just like and to have all these and whatever, you know, they're doing their job. I don't begrudge yeah. them that, but it just is oh, a I process. Do. <laughs> I do. I do. I want to move this like three feet, please. Yeah. Well, we need to have an architect drop, but it's just three feet, please. Yeah. You want to change anything. I was like, I think I might actually want to make this window smaller in this room, which you'd think like architect, like, you know, structurally, that's actually better. Yeah. No, no. You have to go back to the city with... (laughs) The plans from the architect and, listen, and the engineer. The under, you know, the, like you can understand from a certain point of view, like you want to make sure people are doing safe work. You want to make sure people are doing yes. structurally sound things. But there is a level of bureaucracy that is kind of comical because, you know, if you've been renting for a long time, when you buy your house, you're like, this is my house. I yeah. can't wait. Yay. I'm going to put a door here. and that, I'm going to do this and yeah. we're going to expand this. And you find out like, oh, yeah, you can't just no. do whatever you want. No. There's there's a long process. And they change the, the, the laws all the time. So that by the time it, the first process completes... <laughs> You're done. You get screwed because (laughs) they changed the code from the time I built the last house. Literally, the house was like 300 square feet over what the property would support anymore. And so the whole plan changed. Or it might have been 400, but it wasn't a lot. Do you get the sense that sometimes that this is this is all run by like the jerky boys? And then when you call and go, okay, we're going to have permits today, they're like, Right? Oh, I'm sorry. We, uh... Yeah. This is not the same permit anymore. No. <laughs> We're just going to throw a dart at a calendar and let you know when you can start building. Hold on. I told her it was a different permit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is going to cost you another yeah. $7,500. Yeah. Oh, and your engineer, and then your, you know... Do you, do you realize how expensive it is to print a fucking set of plans? <laughs> it's paper. <laughs> It is like $100 to print a set of plans. They require three for one person. I don't know. He's like, do you have your three sets of plans? I'm like, for you and what? The Holy Ghost? Like, me, me and the Trinity are going to... We need three sets of plans. One for the Lord, one for Jesus, <laughs> yes, and then one for the baby Jesus. And one for baby Jesus. One for baby Jesus. We need adult Jesus and baby Jesus, baby Jesus plans. Both of them. Baby Jesus is going to Not the same to... person. Now, if he cries when he sees this, it's not going to be good. You're done. You're done. He's like a gopher. If he pops up and goes back down, you're screwed. <laughs> We've turned yeah. the baby Jesus into Groundhog Day. <laughs> into Groundhog Day. <laughs> now, baby Jesus sees his shadow, you're going to have six more months of planning to do. Oh, fuck. Fuck, baby Jesus. God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, Katie Sackup. I've so missed having you on. My property has seen baby Jesus four times. Four times. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. We're good. So hopefully today he doesn't feel like coming I hope up. not. You just don't know what kind of mood he's going to be in. Hopefully there's like a rattlesnake wrapped around him, helping him down in the hole. He's not going to like that. Oh, this is not a good day. This is not. Last week, you should have sent this in last week. He was smiling. He he was. was eating. This week he's this week he's just shitting in a diaper. And then he's got diarrhea. It's terrible. He has only diarrhea. He's coming up just to air the hole out. I'm so sorry. We're gonna have to charge you again. (laughs) Who prints it out? Do you have to go to Kinko's? FedEx Kinko's? You have to go to like an actual like printing thing and, and just they print out those giant, the giant ones and conveniently there's one downstairs for, at the city. Yeah, like, so they can really charge you. Oh they my know gosh. me now. Yeah, so it's basically like. Uh, charging you know a shit ton of money for like a screw because they know that you need it yes and so you have to because i can't 
I, I mean, I, and I can't wrap my mind around why it would cost $100. Like, I'm going it's, through all the... Yeah. It's ridiculous. Maybe for all three, it's $100. That's but it's still, a lot of money. That's still a lot, just because you have to do that every single time. Yeah. And, of course, your architect is working on an hour, you know, I don't know yeah. if he's working on a, a, a flat rate or an hourly rate. No, but. no, that would be too convenient. <laughs> <laughs> it's hourly. Some, someday... You're yeah. going to get to live in this house, and it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be really great. I'm ready to sell it. I'm ready to, like, <laughs> I'm ready. It's so funny. We, when people come to visit, we're like, you've got options. You've got the hotel down the street. You've got a blow-up mattress, or we have a tent. Yeah. You can actually, we'll leave the door open for you so you can use the bathroom in the middle of the night, but it's actually nice out Or you there. could just fall through a hole in the floor, and we'll just chuck a pillow down. You can actually you. have the entire house to yourself. Light a fire. <laughs> Burn it down, as a matter of fact. Burn the fucking house down. (laughs) I actually love it because then it would be great. We'd have more property to build on. So we'd start all over again. Yeah, sometimes it does seem easier to just start over. But it's but also then it kind of fucks up the property because then you're not really using all the space in in an optimum optimal way. Yeah, and there are also things that are great, like that I've got a wood-burning fireplace that's, you know, it's supposedly... I should keep. Right. So I'm building around this fireplace that I'm, I don't think we're legally allowed to burn wood in California no, anymore. No, 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 So you no. can't burn wood, but I have a fireplace for it. So that's good. You just put in a little gas. We have those in yeah. our house. It's just, you just have a little remote control yeah. and it's got a gas thing and you, and then yeah. you have a fire. Great. I mean, you only need a fire in Los Angeles for like a month, a year. Yeah. Maybe. Sometimes at the beach, but I, my chihuahua likes to lay in front of a fire. So we moved away from the house that had a fire. Fancy. He's very fancy. Damn. Yeah. He's really fancy. <laughs> yeah. He really likes the sun. He's from New Mexico. Oh, okay. So he, he really, really likes the dirt. He needs the like heat. The, he basically he, cold-blooded. Yeah. He has to so heat himself. So in the summer, we have this little electrical fireplace for him now that looks like a fireplace. Because <laughs> when we moved into this guest house from a house with a fireplace, he was so depressed. I was sure. Like, what is going on? He was hiding. So I got him a space heater. He hates it. Mm-hmm. I got him a fireplace that's fake that blows out heat. Loves it. Lays in front of it all day long. It's the dumbest dog. It's it's really it's quite a sight to see because he's still intact too. So he really just lays with that portion of his body. Your life the is still those weird bureaucracy, city bureaucracy, dog bureaucracy. Yeah. The only thing I have going for me is I'm not in Coastal Commission. That is it. <laughs> Everyone comes to my house and they're like, are you Coastal? I'm like, no. They're like, thank God. It would yeah, take an extra year. You can't do anything. You can't do anything. It's like you can't. No. That's a whole extra layer yeah. of stuff that you yeah. have to deal with. I think I'm four blocks away from Coastal. Isn't it fun to be an adult and have responsibilities instead of just having an apartment that you can... <laughs> Makes just, me want to like buy a sprinter van and just disappear. I mean, I really do understand. I mean, I'm kind of annoyed by all the tiny house shows. That, yeah. But I also do understand it too. I do get it. I do get it. Where you just don't want to deal with shit. So you're like, fuck it. I'm just going to go live in the woods in a tiny house and not have anything. I don't want to deal with anything. I was like talking to somebody who's a lot younger than me and they were like, God, three years is so long. And I was like, now that I'm almost 40, I was like, three years is like nothing. Nothing. It's nothing. I joked that I would be into this house. But worst case scenario, I'll be in by the time I'm 40. <laughs> I will be moving in like the month of my 40th birthday. If Hopefully. I'm <laughs> if we get our permits today. Have they already ripped open the walls and everything? Yes. Okay, so, you, there, so there aren't any surprises. No, we had to rip them open because the city didn't have plans on oh. file. So we needed to know sort of what we were dealing with. Of course. Yeah. And then when you ripped the walls up, were they like, oh, oh, okay, great. They were like, oh, asbestos, awesome. Did you have asbestos? <laughs> I did. Oh, fuck. 
I did, which the city then comes to remove they, for they, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because you can't do it yourself. No, it's dangerous as fuck. I didn't care at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, will it speed it up if I do this myself? I don't give a shit. I don't care. How bad can this be? We live in L.A. You're like, I mean, come on. I the mean, air is asbestos. <laughs> Marty, 30,000 people it, died from our atmosphere last year. We're is, it, is it really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. don't know. It's pretty bad stuff, though. It's bad it's, stuff. It's good. It's going to be good, so it'll be like a nice birthday present for you. It'll be great. It'll be great. I won't be able to afford a trip for my 40th birthday no, when your I'm done. trip will be <laughs> and the trip is going gonna... to each room. The storage unit and back is my trip. You should theme each you should theme each room around some type of international flair. Like this have is a... Italy. Yeah. <laughs> like make the bathroom. This is shittily. This is the <laughs> That would be great. Like those houses you walk into and you're like, "Wow, they went for it." They took a swing. They really like Tuscany. <laughs> like, cut the grapes and everything on the ceiling. Oh no. Oh, yeah, no. the little cherub angels. I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not a. Uh, I love like everything you see here is antique. I love antique furniture, yes. but the antique furniture that I can't abide has vegetation on it. Like I like carved animals, but I can't stand like chairs with wooden fruit baskets. Fruit, on them. the fruit baskets. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. it. I really, it really just upsets to honor me. our pilgrim roots or something. <laughs> I guess I don't know what that is I don't either. Know what that is? I don't know what it is. Maybe it's to like honor like when they brought the basket to the, the hearth. Maybe the it's, a hearth it's a hearth thing filled with. I don't know, but 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 um like ivy grape leaves. Yeah, the grape leaves thing. Into things. No, it's not. I'm not a huge fan of like I'm. No. I'm fine with animals. I like dragons. I like lions. But I can't stand fucking grapes yeah. on things. Do you like dead vegetables? Like that dried corn that people like put on tables and stuff and like uh, dried, like that stuff? No, I mean, it's, I, I, that to me feels very late 90s, early 2000s. Right. You know, where you like, it's, it's maize. The yeah. natives called it maize. <laughs> the maize. Like know? my mother, that's how she decorated the Thanksgiving table. You know, for Thanksgiving, I think it's appropriate. I just yeah. don't think it's appropriate for year round because at least for Thanksgiving, it is part of the festive look yeah so that i feel like is fine but just for year round now you're talking to a guy who like my wife and i have like a ton of vintage taxidermy and skeletons yes. in our house so maybe i don't have the normal i can get on board on with this. that yeah. i wanted to taxidermy meatball when he died and everyone thought they were like really did like, you do yeah. it yeah no i didn't i mean i cremated him but I didn't taxiderm. I wanted to. I thought about it. And yeah. then I thought it may scare me. It might. Yeah, I don't know. It is a strange... I, it's a strange thing. I don't think I could taxidermy a pet. A pet. Like, I like vintage taxidermy. It's like, yeah, these things would have been dead already. Or yeah. any taxidermy we've ever gotten that's not vintage, it's like, this was not killed for the sake of taxidermy. Yeah, it was it hit was by like, a truck. It was hit or, <laughs> or just died. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, but I'd feel weird if it was, I feel weird looking at my pet be like, there he is. <laughs> like on the back of the couch. Yeah. Just just the look with that, hey guys. <laughs> big uh, spot. So yeah. Just yeah. feels a little too haunty. It is a little haunty. To me. I think it was sort of a, like a joke that I then took a little, <laughs> a, <laughs> a joke that you considered. People. I went for it for a second and then I was like, no, I'll just, I'll you're just not, him. you're just cremate him. Do yeah. you have the ashes? Up I do. Somewhere? They're on top of a uh, Vargas's fireplace. Oh, yeah. that's nice. So they can spawn together. Aww, oh, that's yeah, really sweet. sweet. That's yeah. really sweet. Mm -hmm. And so you have two dogs now. Three. Three dogs. Three dogs. So you Three. have a you have a, a fucking yuppie chihuahua. I have a terrible <clears throat> chihuahua that's mixed with. We did his DNA. He's mixed with one of those Chinese crusted things. That, oh, really? Those yeah. like those like really fit. 
The ones that are like uh, don't have fur. Oh, and but just have that 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 line of hair. Like a lion. Yeah, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. One of those, and then a big chubby pug, mm-hmm. which is amazing, and yeah. then some weird terrier mix thing that showed up on my doorstep. And do they all have like their own personalities? And do they, they uh, do? Do they, they get do. along with each other? They do. That's yeah. Nice. So we're babysitting my friend's dog right now too, because he's she is best friends with my dog Happy. Mm-hmm. So we're having a four day play date. Okay. Yeah, which is. Fucking horrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) It's really bad. You think three dogs is bad? Try four. What's one more? Two of them are under the age of two. At night, they play at night. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I've got three hours of sleep today, and two of those hours at night were... Happy, Lupe, stop it. Put the toy down. God damn it, Happy. It is chewing. Stop it. Lupe, I swear. Favorite thing is the reasoning is like giving logical arguments yeah. to pets. Why are you doing this? Yeah. You know what time it is? Mommy's no, tired. Mommy care. is tired. Mommy has to do press. <laughs> That's what I said all night long. I have a press junket. I have a press junket. And then I look at my boyfriend. A press junket. He's like, yeah, they know, babe. They know. Like, Doesn't he know that I have to be on morning television? No, they understand. We should drug him. We should drug him. <laughs> you can give. I think. I think. I'm pretty sure you can give a pet Benadryl. Benadryl, hundred yeah. percent Benadryl. We were on the fl- flight coming back from Wyoming, and there's this two year old child that was terrible twos. I mean, mm-hmm. like screaming bloody murder. Sure. And I think once you get to that point as a parent, there's nothing you can do with that right. kid on a plane. Right. Like nothing. And then you're just embarrassed, and you're yelling at your spouse because they obviously don't know what they're doing. Everyone's and stressed. You're drinking and like everyone on the plane thinks you're a terrible parent. But like if they would just calm down for two seconds, they'd realize you're doing the best you can. Sure. We got up the plane and my boyfriend was like, what would you do? I'm like, just give him Dimetap. <laughs> if that was my kid, I realized there's nothing I could do. I would just give them Dimetap. There's nothing wrong with it. That's I what my parents did. I turned I, out great. Yeah, I think <laughs> my, my wife said her mom, when they were little kids, um, she didn't realize until years later her mom had been giving her Benadryl before she got on a plane. Yeah. And she said every time before they got on a plane, her mom would go, time to take your airplane vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids would just pass out the yeah. entire time. And my little Lydia was like, it wasn't until I was a teenager that I realized airplane vitamins were Benadryl. Exactly. <laughs> that's been... her mode of transportation now is just yeah. Benadryl. I, that's what I take on planes. I think it's because my mom gave me the purple juice, which was Dimatap. 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 Wow. That's what I saw. So I would absolutely drug my kids for the benefit of everyone around me. I am a team player, like parent of the year over here. Well, yeah. I've, I've heard that, you know, because there is that point where there's just nothing you can do. But also sometimes <clears throat> there are parents that don't really seem to be aware or care. And it's yeah. like, are they just worn down? Mm-hmm. Or do they really just, does something in their... It's that same thing like when someone's talking on a phone in public and they're like, yeah, and so then I told Sheila, you better have, you got another thing. And you're like, you're not in your living room. How loud people are. Yeah. 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 Is it just that they just, because they're so focused in on their own situation that they just have to shut the world out? I don't know. The only thing that bothered us about that situation, the only reason we were talking about it afterwards was the way the wife was treating the husband. Mm -hmm. She was treating him because the daughter didn't want to go to her at all. So this is a two-year-old that is just screaming for daddy the entire time. And whenever the mother would say something, the two-year-old would turn and go, That is a a sad peek behind the curtain. And loud, and everyone, you could hear people on the plane, and they were like, 
just mortified that this baby was so loud. It was so bad. And they were trying to like, like negotiate with this two year old. Yeah. Like we're almost there, honey. You need to, I understand. Can you use your words? Just tell your, there's nothing you can do at that point. She was though, so condescending and rude to her husband about the whole situation that that was that was the disgusting thing to me that like they'd then turn against each other instead of turned against the problem <laughs> and like uh, we were just like that was ugly and they were older parents i was like you waited till you were in your 40s to get married and have a baby you should know better than to be an asshole to your spouse well maybe they just maybe it's just more yeah who who knows right or maybe the fact that Maybe she was just sort of over the fact that her kid was <laughs> acting like a vampire that got holy water thrown on it every time she every talked time to him. She's taken out on her husband because like <laughs> her husband is she's jealous. Oh my god. Well, I, I will definitely <clears throat> I will be in my forties when we have kids someday. Well, oh, I mean I I'm would in be my forties. I'm in my forties. Yeah, I mean, there's no way I could have a baby and get it out by the time I'm forty. Can't even build a house. <laughs> so Can't cook a baby that fast. So No, the the internal permits just no. take so long. It's a negotiation. It's a negotiation. It really yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, especially at 40. Your it's body's just like, not, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think I'm I'm glad that I've waited so long because I just don't think I was responsible enough when I was yeah. in my 20s. Because I often think like, would it have been better to have a kid at like 22, like a lot of people that I grew up in Memphis with? Yeah. Who then by the time they're my age now, their kids are like fucking grown Gone. and have jobs and they're almost their own kids. Yes. And uh, but then I think, you know, now I just feel like I feel like I'll appreciate it more now because I just have a better perspective. I think than so. I have my, ch- my sisters, both her kids are gone. And that's really interesting because she's like 50. How old am I? 38. So my sister's 48. Yeah. And she turned 50 this year. Um, and she literally, I just took a year off my age, by the way. I was like, how old am I? 38? I'm not. I'm 39. <laughs> well, I um, just want to commend you for <laughs> copying to that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, and she, her kids are gone. She's like at 50, like free forever. And is she freaking out about that or is she excited about it? She's a little lonely, but she's like, it's fine. This is amazing. Like I did my job. They're done. Don't call me. <laughs> you yeah, know? but then do people have that crisis when they when they're fifty and their kids are out, where they're like, what do I do now? Like I have yeah. all. I don't know. I was so de- I was so focused on this thing for so long. Like, what's my identity and what do I do? I think she's having that. She's just drinking a lot of wine. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. sure. Yeah, because you don't have to be sober <laughs> at all anymore. You used to have to be a sober adult. <laughs> you got to drive the kids to school. Yeah, yeah. Nope. There's nope. no one to have to fake that nope. for anymore. You can even Uber to work the next no. day. You don't even have to be sober ever. <laughs> I think she's just really enjoying expensive <laughs> bottles of red wine right now. Yeah, I, I, I am actually excited about. It. And people that I know that have had kids a little bit older say, you know what? The great thing about it is. That it forces you to not focus on yourself and your own stuff. And that's very freeing to get out of your own head because then, you know, as we all do, we work, 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 work. We struggle. We succeed. We fall down. We succeed. We try to get stuff going. And we're always just focused on our own thing and what we're doing. And it's nice to it's kind of nice to not do that yeah you live your life for yourself for so long and then go well that was fun yeah what do we do now well yeah because it's i think it just creates a whole other level of like actual importance you're like oh it's really funny that i used to stress out about a call time right yeah, well, those were crazy now i'm days. two hours late for work they don't care because i just go my kid <laughs> my kid shit everywhere Every time. yeah he shit in my face he shit right. in the dog's mouth he shit everywhere i can't come in. i do love though that the actors that you work with that have kids seem to always get time off like, sure and you're like the one that they're like well you don't have kids 
So my house really, is my kid right they, now, and it's, I'm like, I have three dogs that don't sleep. Like, yeah. I'm fine. Can and I go we took home? on a fourth. I'm tired. So, and one of them is very upset about this fireplace situation. <laughs> so we were good. really gonna it's have really to not do good. something. My, you should see my electric bill. I've got a goddamn electric fireplace going 20 hours a day. It's awesome. I really hope that today. When you go home, you get excellent news about your head. Because I just, I know the process. I know it. Yeah. It's never, I mean, I encourage people to do it. I think it's a great thing to do. You get to personalize your own space. But boy, is it, I mean, again, and I know these are Mm. luxury problems to get to like redo a house, you know, to sort of complain about like a, like a very entitled thing. But it, but you do get very emotionally attached to your home and you do want it because it's your space. Right. And having a space that you feel comfortable in, especially if your life is frenetic and you're running around, working a lot of places, working out of town, you want to be able to come home and feel safe and feel grounded. Yeah. And that's very hard to do when there's fucking, when the floors are open and there's shit everywhere. And, and your you dog's falling through the top floor. dog's falling into the floor. Yeah. yeah. And I love this property too because it's, it's an old 1950s craftsman. Oh, it was nice. like all this military housing and so a lot of it is is protected like historical property now and it's really cool to like drive around and see the houses that have actually been maintained in the area as opposed to the ones that have been completely torn down and now there's a big black box there are you well i guess if you tore the house up you had to tear it up was what was it like inside before did someone like try to modernize it in the someone 90s? had modernized it in 2001 oh, yeah. um so it had you know it's got great leaves really great really great it's all mismatched <laughs> i think that the you know the tub upstairs is one of those old round jacuzzi mm-hmm. tubs oh, yeah. yeah so it's classy. <laughs> it's classy yeah yeah so the house is not mm. is it part of the can you get the mills act for it which is the historical designation i don't know if i can i mean i'm leaving the the facade in the front i'm leaving the front you might be able I'm changing to. the back you might be able to because in uh uh i know the east coast is a little stricter about that stuff mm-hmm. But I think as long as the as long as the exterior is preserved, yeah, you might be able to apply for it. And and if you can get historical designation under the Mills Act, I recommend it because it will dramatically reduce your property taxes. But yeah. you just have to maintain the exterior in a certain way, yeah. that is period appropriate and yeah, yeah. You know, honors the architecture. Because the the back house is the same. There's the guest house, which is also another property, which oh, is great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's a house from the fifties as well. It's very cool. Now, is it the plan to keep the guest house just for guests? Are you gonna are you gonna like? Well, that was my like backup plan. So if for some reason I never work again, I could rent out the back house. I could put up a little fence, rent out the back house, and afford my property taxes. You know, it's I'm laughing because I think almost every performer has the well. If I never work again, I can X, Y, or Z. It's and the fact that say, we all say it so matter-of-factly right. because we know like. Well, I guess I mean it's not likely to happen, but it but it is a you know it's a it's a possibility. You meet those people that didn't prepare for the well, you know, if I never work again, right? And that is not what you want. Like you do not want to be like you know trying to get jobs at seventy as an actor, and I mean it's not fun, right? I would much rather at that point just be like, you know what, that was great. <laughs> if I never work again, I'm going to rent out my back house. And start knitting. But could, <laughs> but don't you think if I feel like because of the genres that you have worked in, that you like there's always stuff 
like you could always do sci-fi conventions if you if you yes. if, if you needed to you you could always do remake the abyss you could always remake the abyss you could always do a Battlestar reunion like, I know but I just feel like you're always going to have options I yeah I mean I've been really lucky that I feel like that I will always be able to work if I want it just may not be the level of work that I've grown accustomed to potentially but there's always something I think but I think also it's but I do think your priorities change especially as mm-hmm. you. As we as we start to get older, and, and especially as we have kids, and especially as we have like houses and stuff, because you know, I really used to think that certain types of jobs or certain types of this or that was like, oh well, that's what you really got to work for. And now I kind of feel like, hey, I like working, mm. and I love the things that I work on, and I'm lucky that I get to work on things that I love. But I also like spending time with my wife. I also like yeah. traveling. You know, it's like the work life balance. Where the life stuff, you realize that the life stuff that you were pushing out of the way for so long because of your ambitions, it's like, oh, I think that's really the, the most important the stuff. The most important. Yeah, I'm right with you. I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm like, yeah, I just want to keep working, but not hard enough that I don't get to actually live my life. Like, right. I just want to, you do, you get a little bit less like, oh, I'd do that now. Right. In a heartbeat, I would do that now. Um, and so, I, yeah, you start to change things a little bit and actually, you know. Yeah, is it is is the thing that I'm doing fun and is it creatively yes. fulfilling and does it allow me to live a life where I'm relaxed and happy mm-hmm. and get to enjoy things yeah. versus like if I don't win an Oscar by the time I'm 45, then I yeah. fucking, bu-, you know. Like, well, I, yeah, and I'd hate to be that person because, like, you'll never potentially get there. And you, I don't want to be that person that, like, the best years of my life were then or something I'm still trying to attain in order to be happy. The fucked up part is if you do attain it mm. and then you're not happy. Then you're well, that's the thing, though. Every time you've set a goal and been like, I'll be happy when, yeah. you get there and realize, oh, I'm still the person that hates myself. <laughs> that's you right. Know? That's right. Because you're kind of, you're delaying the, you're delaying, it, it is the pursuit of happiness versus the like being of happy, mm-hmm. which is, you know, essentially, I mean, I, I've been saying lately that, you know, happiness shouldn't be treated like some drug that, oh, when I acquire, it's like, mm. it is a, it is sort of a state of satisfaction and non-drama. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not, and, and, and comfort and, and appreciation, it's not yeah. this, like, rush, you know, this no. chemical rush. That's not happiness. Like, that's... No. That's and people actually think that happiness is the goal when it, happiness is just an emotion. Right. And the goal should actually be a whole full life. Right. Which has moments of happiness. It has moments of sadness. It has disappointments and successes. It has all of it. Happiness right. is just one aspect of that. You right. Know? And I don't think I hate when people say, God, I, I would love to just be happier. Right. And it's like, well, be happier. <laughs> <laughs> all right, look around. Look at be that grateful for all the you things know? that you see around you. Be grateful that you are able to have this conversation yes. right now, and that you're not, you know, yeah, having to do something that you right. hate doing. And if you're one of those people that, like, you know, people always get upset when I say that, and they're like, "Well, what about people with mental issues?" And it's like, if you've got a problem, you should absolutely get some help for that. I'm not speaking to those people. I'm no, speaking, of course, absolutely. But like for the most part, it's like. Just be happy. Make a choice. Yes, because there is a lot of dissatisfaction because this business does sort of 
again, I think in that pers- in, in trying to figure out like, am I doing a good job? It's it's the sort of comparative thinking. Mm. It's like, oh, I know I have this, but that that person yeah. has this, and I'm not. I didn't get nominated for this. Like, fucking, who cares? No yeah. one's gonna care in a hundred years. Literally, no one's gonna no fucking one's gonna give care. a shit whether or not yeah. you want a thing. And did you enjoy what you were doing while you were yeah. doing it? Then that's it. Like, what else do you fucking yeah. want? Fifteen years ago, ten years ago, this that review I was telling you about that terrible scathing review would have destroyed me. Right. It literally would have destroyed me. And my reaction to it now was that hysterical laughter, some tears that lasted maybe a minute right and then i went all right that sucked yeah who cares and then, and then you move on because it's not gonna matter it's no. not gonna matter tomorrow you know no it doesn't matter it absolutely doesn't matter like there's enough people in the world that someone can absolutely hate you and you can still be massively successful yeah but i think we but again i think as performers we do think very much like zero or a hundred percent and but nothing is a hundred percent no and also there's no such thing as perfection and the most interesting things are flawed. Like flaws are where the art is. Yeah. You know, it's like that. that's that's where dr- drama comes from and beauty. And, you know, it's like you can't appreciate the good stuff without some of the flaws or, you know. No, that's what makes a person like a character actually relatable Absolutely. is their flaws, not their perfection. Absolutely. Like, it's boring. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's, it's funny now how we're kind of getting to a place in Hollywood where – you know, you see performers who get older and they don't have a ton of work done and people are like, oh my God, they're so, they look so healthy and so interesting. And it's like, yeah, they just they, embraced. They just you know? like went with it. You've got a choice. Like <laughs> yeah. you get to a certain age and like my doctor actually said this to me. He goes, he literally said, when you get into that age, you're either going to have to make a choice. And I was like, <laughs> about, about healthcare? Like, I don't understand what we're talking about. He's like, you're going to go one way or the other. You're either going to let yourself age or you're going to start freezing yourself now. And I was right. like, Ugh. Like now, I have to right. make up that just in my mind <laughs> Dude, now. Before you leave, like today, yeah. and he was like, "Well, your face is at that point." And I was like, "I don't want to have this conversation, yeah. dude." What like, a weird thing to say. I feel like I'm 25 still. Yeah, like, I don't want to have that conversation about you know a mini facelift. Like, I'm <laughs> 39 years old. Can we? I mean, come on. Can we wait a little bit? That'd be Joe funny Rivers? if you kept subtracting here. I mean, I'm 37 years old <laughs> here. What I am mean, I? You know, I mean, for I mean, me at 36, totally should I really do I this mean, at 35? I know. At <laughs> 32, it's totally fine. <laughs> Just, I mean, at 32, I'll do it, <laughs> but not at 35. We're so evolved. I Remember know. the last time I was here, we just talked about dick nets. Dick nets. <laughs> this I'm, time, I have to say though, <laughs> you, you being on the podcast, because I'd never, we didn't know each other before, and I hadn't no. really seen you do anything like comedic before. Mm. And for months after that podcast, there people were like, Jesus Christ, Katie Sackhoff is so fucking funny. <laughs> and I was actually going to ask you, like, do you, you know, is pursuing comedy like something that you want to do? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to, you know, it's just people don't seem to think of me that way. And I have to fight and kick and scream to like get people to think of me as anything other than like the girl that will punch you in the face, (laughs) which is what they think. And it's fine. Um, But at some point, maybe they'll do it. I'll probably have to produce it myself. Yeah, but but once you do, then it's I mean, because sometimes I think you really we have this idea in our heads of who we are. And it's like, why won't the business just recognize me for this person that I am? And sometimes right. it's like, you got to show them, you know, it's like, you have to unfortunately take on the responsibility of doing it yourself. Yeah. And then it's like, and then at that point, well, do I have the energy to do that? Do I want to do that? I know. So, so there's a lot, but, but yeah. I do hope you get to do more comedy too. I really <laughs> hope you get to do more comedy Someday. as well. Right now I just get to look tough and like beat people up. Which so. is, which is fun. <laughs> which I'm really good at. So, yeah. well, not according to the Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> 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 you know 
It's you know, okay. One, you know, it's like one. It's fine. It's just one person. It's yeah, okay. It's, it's just a person's opinion. It doesn't mean anything. It's you know, totally it fine. Yeah, People are still going to watch your so show. so subjective. People are still going to watch your show. Yeah, just out of curiosity now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, you know, it's funny. I actually realized that, like, everyone, because of Battlestar, everybody wanted science, my science fiction to be smart and, you know, like existential and like some weird metaphor about the human condition and that's not what this show is this show is popcorn fun and it was we did it on purpose you know it was it was made to be light it was made to be science and fiction not necessarily what they wanted um and it is a fun show to watch it's just like if you if you want some you know like you know metaphor it's not going to be our show well i mean and not every show has to be that you know not every show has to be breaking bad or battlestar or you know what i mean like yeah. it's, there is a time and a place for that but then there's also i mean the the arty existential shows of course i love them like everyone else of course. but there are some days where i come home and i'm like i don't have the brain power for it yeah it's just too much and there I, is a reason why friends is like the number one most watched show on or Netflix. the office you know it's I like mean, it's just like you just need kind of fun for fun's sake it's true you know it's absolutely true i mean i have i'm i'm ashamed to say that i've never watched the wire and i know it's one of the best shows in the history of television because every time i sit down to do it i just go God, I don't know if my brain, it, like, I'm yeah. just, I've been working all day. I'm going to watch I, a Hallmark Christmas I'm, movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, well. <laughs> I'm going to watch a Princess Christmas. Right? Again, or, I mean, because that is a commitment. I've never seen The Wire either. I feel like a terrible human being because everyone's like, they always compare Battlestar to The Wire. They're like, those two shows, man. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> you're, you yeah, know you, it. You are, they're like, you know that character from The Wire? He remind. I'm like, I know. We, there were wires in Battlestar. <laughs> me too. Because the Cylons were robots. Yeah, so similar. They're so very you similar. are really, mm, especially those second seasons. You're right. <laughs> you are right. And then how about the third season? And what about the eighth season? There wasn't an eighth there. season. Well, I, well, you, I, you know, know but, I mean, I guess if you divide up the last. Talking whatever. about the fan, the fan, <laughs> the fan stories online, you know, they Wait, kept the, it going. This is, now I do have, I have a real question, which is. Have you been in a situation like that before where you've been on a panel or something and you tried to fake knowledge of something? And- 100%. I do it all the time. All the time. You know that moment when somebody like refers to something that they just assume you know? Because like, I guess I'm an arty actor because I was on a show once, whatever. And so people talk to me about old movies all the time and I'm, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I loved, I loved that Humphrey Bogart? Maybe? Yeah, it was really good. And, and, uh, it was good. It was really good. And then, yeah, Touch of Evil was a classic. Time of Wine and Roses. Time for Wine time and Roses. roses. Time of that's wine the, days. the wine of the. I think it's Wine Days. I think it's Wine, wine Days. Wine of Time and Roses. Well, that's when you got to try to up the game. <laughs> Actually, the original title was Time of Wine and Roses. I'm sorry you didn't know. Somebody that. pointed out to me the other day, I was just Instagramming being stupid, and like a Tiffany song came on. I'm a massive Tiffany fan. Absolutely. I was born in 1980. Of I mean, course. come on. You have, right? to be. you have to be. I just went and saw New kids on the block which i hear was a fucking amazing show it was amazing my boyfriend's 10 years younger than me and he literally the entire time was looking at me like he'd made the biggest mistake of his life he's still a new kid on the block he was was, he is he is he absolutely is they the new kids on the block have children my boyfriend's age it's fine it's totally fine that useful glow i have that's called o day 29 oh 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 (laughs) 
uh, 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 uh. He was shocked. He literally has videos of his face staring at me like he'd seen Jesus. Mama fucking does it. He was like, I mean, just blown away. And the other day, I I said, oh my god, Tiffany's like road manager reached out and they're having this thing here in Los Angeles and they want people to come and meet her. I'm gonna go. You want to come? He was like, how about you just do that with your friends? (laughs) One Tiffany concert was enough for him. Um, But somebody mentioned the song that the original was better and I was like I literally almost responded and I was like yeah but this is the original this is the one this is the Tiffany song I think we're alone now yeah I think it's a remake it is it is it is you didn't know that I didn't know that oh yeah and I it might be and I might need some help on this but it might be Tommy James and the Shondells still don't know who that is (laughs) don't know who that is at all that's because I'm almost 10 years older than you <laughs> so Perfect. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. Oh, I see. That's the I problem is now. that I, I was see. born in '71. Copy that. <laughs> it's, oh God! It's right. It's right. You, crushing... you could be my boyfriend's father. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and not even, not even a super young, embarrassing father, but like just a young dad. <laughs> oh my heart! Oh my God! This is the thing that actually kills me. <laughs> the thing that my heart actually explodes. <laughs> Tommy James and the Shondells? I, I, think, I think we're, we're alone, alone now. now. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be anyone around. I was Woo, we're outside Foot Locker. Right? Mr. Maltor. I was just going to say, I missed malls. the Maltor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. While you're Is shopping it? at Chess King, make sure to come over. Grab yourself an <laughs> Orange Julius. Yeah, oh, the, the Wurlitzer store is going to back <laughs> me up on this one. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Supposedly, there's like a big fight going between Debbie Gibson and Tiffany. I, what? I had no idea. Is this a Katy Perry, Perry Taylor Swift type of a thing where they're going to have to make up? Or I they think just they've not... made up. They're on tour together, although they were oh. never really on stage together. But there's enough... 80s touring bands for them to both have enough success there's enough room i feel like there's enough room there's enough room for everyone yeah i'm gonna do i need to call your boyfriend and go son you're gonna need to go to see (laughs) tiffany with your mom it means a lot to her and (laughs) with your mom (laughs) (laughs) and you're really you're really upsetting her you know i don't get involved (laughs) unless it's important but this was a big one for her and it was really important in the old days you let her down Son. In the old days, tour uh, the mall was the internet. <laughs> and there are moments. There are YouTube. Moments. The mall was YouTube, and that's how it's you know. Fine. One of the proudest moments of my life was when I um, I was almost an elder millennial. I missed it by like five. Just months. a couple years, yeah. No, oh, like just a couple months. months? Okay. Yeah, like I think it was like eight months or something. Okay, but I was almost the same generation. So you're so you're just barely Gen X. Barely by like you're a cusp. Yeah, by like four months, I think. I'm in there and you almost in a way ooh, yeah no I guess because you you have Tiffany I guess that does make you Gen Xy but it's real close because I feel like a lot of the stuff that you would have been into would have been like 90s millennial stuff a hundred percent like I know all the 90s millennial stuff yeah just because I was right there I mean like Tiffany was a little I was five right when I was listening to Tiffany six right yeah. right 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 I was so you were still pretty so it. you're just kind of mm-hmm. like you're half in, half out. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that Joey McIntyre was my age. And oh, I that's could, funny. Yeah, like, and I could marry him. I was, because I remember doing the interview. <laughs> you just mean at the concert? Artist. You mean yeah, at the concert? I did, I did. I jumped up on stage, <laughs> took my shirt off. <laughs> I went home with him. It was great. Um, but I honestly remember doing interpretive dances on the playground and the rest of the kids thinking I was crazy to Joey McIntyre songs. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you were singing all of the... All of them. 
All of the songs. Yeah. And I hear they still sound great and that they're still... Yeah. <laughs> it was a really great experience. <laughs> Who opened for them? No, so that's the cool thing about it. They've got enough of them, like Belle Biv DeVoe and who else? Salt and Pepper was there. So they don't do an opening act. They just come out on stage first, and then they all the other bands come out. They play like four songs. Then like Tiffany will come out and do a song. Then like Debbie Gibson will come out and do a song, and they rotate. So it's two hours of continuous music from all of them. I saw a concert like that, um, but it was a it was a new wave concert hosted by Richard Blade at the Microsoft <laughs> Theater. And um, it was like uh, Spandau Ballet and Howard Jones and ABC. It yeah. was like all of my because I I liked all the new wave yes, stuff. So it was all the that same stuff. thing. And it, and the the place was packed. I'm too young for new wave. I think. Yeah, you are for I'm, sure. Yeah, my sister could have been that. She's ten years older yes, than me. Yes, your sister would have been way into new wave. Got it. And I was I was way into new wave as well, like Human League, like all of that. Um, you know, it the cure, the cure. Although Depeche Mode, Depeche, still, yeah, like, still, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. But they're but they're still like they never the Depeche Mode like never went away. No, like, they did. They were yeah. you know m- multiple albums were yes. multi platinum. But um, but I remember being there and my wife and I were there. My wife's uh, my wife's in her thirties. Yeah, and uh, I I was like this is the music I grew up with. And then we're looking around. I'm like, oh, these people look really old. And she was like. Well, they're probably your age. <laughs> like, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? Uh-huh. It was a was very right. interesting night. I mean, yeah. I bought eight tickets and like just knowing that people were going to want to come with me. Of course. And it was very easy to get rid of those tickets. Absolutely. We had such a great time. It was really fun. Yeah. For kinda... everyone but my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and just out of sheer like mortification or mortify. Yeah, whatever. I'll just throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. Good word. Um, I think it works. Does it work? Yeah. All right. I don't even know it's a word. Doesn't um, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, he enjoyed it for that reason. But I think it was a one-time thing. I don't think it'll happen again. And <laughs> you got him to one. I did. I got but him to one. But do you go to any of his concerts? Um, yeah, but he likes all the same stuff that I like, like the National. And, oh, sure. Yeah, stuff like that. So this so. was just an outlier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I all mean, right. he definitely wears jeans that are too short, and like he's definitely like gotcha. that that millennial. He's a sensitive, sensitive rock guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I get it. Well, my because my wife is her version of that is she's like, "Fuck!" When the Spice Girls come to town, I'm like, "You and your friends are gonna have a great great time." time. She can call me. I'd, I'd be like right up there with her. Actually, I probably I bet that show's probably really fun. It's probably really fun. Plus, if you turn it into like a like a costume party, it's really fun. Yeah. So like, I wore all my acid wash. I had a good time. You did. I dressed it up. Yeah. She wants to so she wants to go see Lady Gaga in Vegas, and so that would be awesome. We'll probably go do that. I hear that's an amazing. I'm sure it's great. Yeah, I want to see anyone in Vegas because I think at that point you're so intoxicated from being at the like pool all day. But I just I honestly think anyone in Vegas is the best show you've ever seen. I really do. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who it is. No. Just a band you've never heard of. It doesn't matter. As long as they're in a dinner theater. Best night ever. You're doing a great job. Yep. Yeah. I did. I got to see Elton John in Vegas before. Um, and uh, my parents used to take me to concerts all the time when I was a little kid. Oh, that's they awesome. Had to go there a lot. So I've seen... It, it is... There's something... There is just something about it. I don't yeah. know. There's something about the vibe of it that it's different than any other concert for some I've reason. I've never been to a concert in Vegas. <clears throat> it's so close. Mm-hmm. I know. You should go. What's the first concert you ever saw? Do you remember? I do. But now, the first concert I ever bought tickets for myself or the first concert my parents took me to? Either or. So the first, probably the first concert I ever went to was 
this band, uh, this singer Tony Orlando and Dawn, and they were they you know they were tie a yellow uh-huh. ribbon. So this was in the seventies, yeah. And my dad was a professional bowler, and there was a lot of bowling stuff that happened in Vegas. So they went to Vegas a yeah. lot, and so they would take me to shows with them at like That's Caesar's cool. Palace and MGM. Yeah. And so I saw these amazing seventies performers. I saw Tony Orlando and Dawn, Helen Reddy, <laughs> but then they took me to see comedy shows. So I saw Steve Martin live. Oh, that's I saw amazing. Joe Rivers live. I saw Johnny Carson live. Oh. Because they knew that I was, even as a tiny kid, I was into comedy. So they took me to see, you know, these comedy shows that most parents... Joan Rivers was hysterical. Amazing. Hysterical. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, and we met her after the show. Like, she was coming out. When we were leaving the show, she was kind of walking by. And my mom said hi. And she was like, she didn't know who we were. She she sat and talked to us for a few minutes and was so lovely. She was lovely, lovely, lovely. So I, but I don't know who else, I don't know what other kind of like... Big, you know, ba- bands with a couple of hit songs that I would be like, we got to go see these bands. But I love that they're doing these tours and they're doing the alternative version. They're doing the pop version. And like, you know, because it's it's perfect because you just kind of see the songs that you love. Yeah. They get to come out and do whatever. If it's two songs or four songs or five yeah. songs, they get to have the experience again of performing for like 5,000, 8,000 people. Yeah. And everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. I mean, there's not one person at that New Kids on the Block. Well, there was one. There there were two people at that concert that were like, why am I here? So it was a good time. It was a good time. I think that's nice. So you know what? It's good for him to step outside his normal comfort zone. It is. And experience something a little different because it's easy to get... You know, like in our in our age of algorithmic music suggestions, here's a bunch of stuff you already like. We're yeah. not encouraged to step outside our zones anymore. Yeah, he's different though. He was homeschooled and he's from like a really small town in Canada. So like his his music tastes are very old. Like he like almost like 70 year old. Like So he's exclusively Anne Murray. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, sorry. I can't handle this shit. Just give me some Anne Murray on vinyl. <laughs> what is that woman's name? Uh, Judy Collins. Oh, the Judy other day, Collins, yeah. Something came up on my my music of like a song. I had an album on my um, iTunes and I was like, oh, let me change that. And he was like, oh, I like Judy Collins. I was like, get out of the <laughs> fucking car. Can't we see both sides now? Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's a little confusing at my own. Where does he fall on the Brian Adams scale? Um, I think he probably likes Brian Adams, but then also is sort of like, you know, he's Canadian, so, but he's, he's loyal to him, you know. Right, so yeah. is that the Canadian test when you go back into Canada, like, hey there, you like Brian Adams? What do you feel about Shania Twain? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, national hero. Oh, yeah, yeah, you bet you know I do. Love it. All right, come Love back Love her. In. Shania Twain, I don't know that last album. Get the fuck out, Get eh? Get the fuck out. You, go back. <laughs> like, get back to Minnesota. I have to say, I like... I know Brian Adams got a lot of shit. He wrote some good songs. His music's amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, I loved his music Close when like I was knife. seven. Right? Yeah. No, it's still loved him. I've been listening to a lot of every summer. Sirius XM puts uh, now they have it year round on their app, but on their car lineup mm. they don't. And just for the summer, they they put Yacht Rock. There's a Yacht Rock station. What is and Yacht Rock? Yacht Rock is basically. 77 to 84. Awesome. Some people sort of confuse it with easy listening, but it's not oh. quite easy listening. Big fan of easy listening, though. Yes, but it's all the, like, you know, Jerry Rafferty and Kenny Loggins. Right. And, Ooh, you know, Kenny Loggins. And, uh, That's a handsome man. Yeah, and every one of the songs, because... 
Now, occasionally they'll throw some air supply in, which I don't agree with because air... It's a little... It's, yeah, air supply is a little confusing to that. Yeah, because the Yacht Rock fan is not all out of love. Yeah. The Yacht Rock fan is clinking glasses on the bow of their yacht yeah. in a sweater vest moments before the stock market collapses. <laughs> it's feel-good music. It's, Chicago doesn't... It, Chicago does count. Does it? Yeah. yeah. Does anybody really know what time it is? It, until I was all through high school, every breakup I ever had was Chicago. Yeah, of course. Every breakup. Uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. I'd make mixtapes of just Chicago dude, songs that uh, helped me through breakups. Any fucking rock band with a horn section that's not ska, I'm in. Love it. Love I'm it. I'm in. I know. Yeah, so there are... But Chicago's an interesting one because there are Chicago songs that fit the mold and Chicago songs that don't. But... They have different celebrities like kind of host their own hours. Like Bill Hader hosted an hour oh, cool. of songs that he likes, and then Bill Simmons um, did uh, made the excellent point that every fourth yacht rock song has to have Michael McDonald in it somewhere, <laughs> whether he's in the background. Such a long way to go. Like he, even if he's in the background for one line, every fourth song's Bill Simmons, and I give him all the credit. And he's in everything. And he's in everything. Everything. Because he's solo. He's it's like Judy Linda Brothers. Warren. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're, they, they're front. They're back. They're, they're just they're everywhere. adjacent. It, they wrote it, it all. They did all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. And Yacht Rock is channel 70 right now in series. <laughs> it, 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 it has not. I've not changed the station. I am going to put that on. It just feels great. Because mine's on Alt Nation. Alt Nation a is great lot. too. Alt Nation is great. Yeah. What's your What's your What are your favorites? Your Your serious favorites. I really like Outlaw Country. Uh huh. And then Alt Nation. Yeah. Um. And then uh, there's a Comedy Central one yep. Comedy that Central I area. have on. Um. I have on uh, NPR. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's it. And then like news. I think we're alone now. There doesn't seem to be anyone. <laughs> Around it's NPR. It's Tiffany. It is NPR. It is NPR. NPR. But it. uh, So I'm uh, first wave. um, Lithium. Yeah. Um, Then I just have the smattering of 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. uh, And I kind of rifle through those. I have the highway, which my wife is my wife's favorite station. I do like the highway. I don't mind it. The only thing I'll say about because we always she and I always have this debate where I'm like it's it's skews more pop country. It does. And I say like. And when I, I grew up in Tennessee, so, you know, country to me is like Waylon Jennings yeah. or Ray Price or, you know, yeah. it's like really, really uh-huh. hardcore country. And and I always kind of tease her. I'm like, I don't know if country should have auto-tune in it. You yeah. Know, but, Eric but, Church. <laughs> Although. She loves Eric I Church. I love Eric Church. Yeah. And that is, that was my. Those songs entry. get under your skin. They really yeah. do. They they get into your heart. <laughs> that that song. What's it? The Wrecking Ball song. It's yes. my favorite song ever. Yes. Like I want to make. I want to make sweet sweet love to that song. Yes. At some point in my life. It is fun. Yeah. You can do that. <laughs> and then halfway through, I'd get confused and be Miley Cyrus. It would be very <laughs> weird for me. And then your floor would collapse. And then it'd be fine. Done. Yeah, it'd be great. Um. And and then, and then yacht rock, yacht rock, yeah. and the bluegrass station. Bluegrass Junction. Bluegrass is a fucking great. great station. Yes, it's great. I also turn it to like number ones every mm-hmm. once in a while. Yeah. I like the number ones. If I'm working out, I'll put it on. There's a Madonna station right now. That's that's fun. Is there? Yeah, I like a, I like a good Madonna so song. She's about to tour again. That's Is she really? Good concert. Yeah, that woman. The Madame X tour. She doesn't stop Madame X. No. Yeah, the new album's called Madame X. Is I it think. really? I think so. Little yeah. do we know, she's got a harem. I bet she does. Do you think she has a harem of of ladies? Oh, that just yeah, t- Madame X, because that's like a really good like bunny ranch name. Right? Oh, oh, I thought you meant there were like a stable of Madonnas who just no. <laughs> I was making a joke that there were a stable of hookers, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. The joke obviously didn't land. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Hollywood Reporter is not going to like that joke. Got to be honest. not going to like that joke. It's all right. I'm going to have to send him two fruit baskets or whatever. Well, I want to yeah. I want to make sure. And at the top of the podcast, I'll make sure to let people know, too. Oh, yeah. That Another Life is on Netflix uh, July 25th. Yeah. Tonight at midnight, actually. Um, like tonight at midnight. Oh, yeah. Today's the 24th. Oh, my God. Know, isn't that crazy? So when this goes up, it will be. It'll you be can up. just go see it. Yeah. Which is amazing. Um, and then August 6th, I have a I'm actually doing a YouTube channel. Oh, you are? I am. You're starting your own YouTube channel? I am. What's going to be on your YouTube channel? So it's quite interesting. Um, I mean, I guess it's not fucking interesting. People will let me know if it's interesting. <laughs> In the YouTube comments? I don't think so. People are generally withhold are by their they? feelings in their comments. Yeah. Um, people so have always sort of asked me about meditation and motivation and like my fitness routine and things like that. And I asked the fans what they wanted from me and they were very specific about what they wanted. And so it was, it was all about motivation and wellness and sort of like seeking joy. They enjoy the things that I'm like going after in my life. And so I just thought, let's start a YouTube channel where I can control the long form version of what I'm doing on Instagram and see if we can't actually bring a little laughter to people's lives. Okay, good. Because I just, so like four minutes ago, you got to, you have to wrap in five minutes. I got the five minutes sign. Ah. Can you just give me like five more minutes? Because I do, because I yeah. know you're a meditating person. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. Are you kidding? With TM or a different kind of meditation? TM. Me too. Yeah, I love it. I've been doing it for um, a year and okay. seven months. Amazing. And I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. I still always forget to do it in the afternoon, but I do it every morning when I wake up. Yeah, you know, it's um the last, so I've been meditating over like about five years now Mm -hmm. six years um and this last year has been once a day like i've been so busy that my second meditation is like three minutes Mm -hmm. it's not 20 minutes um but you have to make the meditation work for you so you'll actually do it but Mm -hmm. it changed my life i was i was a i would uh, what did i call it i would call it roller coastering emotional roller coaster all day long and there was no sort of like like uh like median like calmness in my life and yes. I started like I needed something and I was I didn't hit rock bottom by no means but I would like there were moments where I felt like I could be not not bipolar I'm not going to go that far but I felt my highs and I felt my lows very mm-hmm. hard and multiple times a day and when I started meditating that all went away yeah because I I, I tell people it just it creates space yeah, because when you're when you go 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 go, there's no space mm. and there's no room for anything to mm. like to go wrong or be late or do this, and you're just like ah, I'm trying, I don't know, you know. Yeah, and you just feel frantic, mm-hmm. and it just sort of it removes a layer, it removes that layer, yeah. and just creates yeah. more space between, and it allows you to respond rather than react. Yes, you get to a point where you realize that you absolutely cannot worry about the things that you have zero control over. Which is almost everything. And the only thing that you have control over is yourself. That's right. And the way you choose to react to certain situations. And that's stoicism. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad you're doing a channel about that. Yeah, no, I love it. So it's all about, like we did an episode about goat yoga, which everyone has seen before, but it's like a stress reduction episode. It's all about doing things with a group of friends, which is community, getting outside, being around animals, um, doing yoga, meditation, laughter it's all these things that reduce stress in our lives and we just picked something ridiculous to sort of point that out but so there are episodes like that we did an episode 72 hours without any electronics whatsoever
whatsoever, which was quite interesting. Um, we <laughs> except did, for the filming equipment. Except for the filming equipment. <laughs> um, I did an, we did an episode about um, uh, drinking and the effects of that on your brain chemistry and how it affects you the next day mm-hmm. and whether it affects your serotonin levels and your ability to be happy the next day. Like things like that. We sort of like, but we're doing it in a very palatable way where it's like, give them something funny over here and then smack them with information they don't realize they're getting on the backside right. you know like so every every episode has sort of a meaning and a message behind it but they're fun to watch that's fantastic and is it just is it Katie Sackoff is it just yeah. yeah yeah so it's Katie Sackoff and the name of the company which we didn't want to name the company but is blood sweat and coffee <laughs> so it's sort of a metaphor for your passion the thing that you want to accomplish and your motivation right. basically so um yeah and I'm so excited it's been so much fun like we have gotten to interview so many amazing human beings like doing some crazy things we did an awesome episode about mental health for suicide prevention day Mm -hmm. um one of my best friends took his life by suicide and it felt irresponsible for me not to do something on that day about what to look out for and what the difference between warning signs and risk factors and Mm -hmm. all of these things that we're just trying to remove the stigma from that it's an important episode and it's heavy but it it we had to do it on that day you know so things like that but it's it's the fans will let us know what they want it to be, but it will always be a, a, a message of like bringing joy to people. That's that fantastic. And also your fitness regime and yeah. your health regime. Because it, it's, you know, the TM is great uh, brain exercise or rest. Yeah. And, but the body, the mind-body connection too, like everything really, things you discover through fitness help your brain. Things that you discover with your brain help your fitness, yeah. which then bleed out into your own life. It's yeah. all... It's all connected, man. It is all connected. And I, you know, I, I pushed people so much to do things that scared them. And then I wasn't doing things that scared me. So my boyfriend convinced me to do a Spartan race. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is what happens when you date someone that's 29, by the way. You do shit that's going to give you a heart yeah, because attack. because he's fucking Wolverine. And so if he just, if he sprains something, it heals the next the day. The next day. Yeah. I l- miss out on the next season of yeah. the show. <laughs> um, but the whole point was do something that scares you. You know, I don't like to do things I can't win. So for me to knowing try to do something and to tr- do my best and know I'm not going to win is a mental struggle for me. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to I'm going to have so much fun. That is the mental struggle. You're going to put me. it on the channel. It's all going to be on the channel. Great. This the the practicing the the getting myself ready for it and then actually running the race is going to be and yeah it's going to be fun. What's amazing about this is that my prediction is and maybe you're already kind of feeling this that you know all the things and all of the jobs that you thought when you were, you know, starting out like, oh, I want this and I want to be accepted this way. When you actually just start focusing on who you are and mm. what you're passionate about and expressing yourself to you, this might be the most fun, personally significant thing ever because yeah. not only is it important to you, but it's all there. It's constructive and it's about physical and mental health and how many people it will help Yeah, that you might be like, oh, fuck. I mean, acting is great, but God damn it. You know, this yeah. thing is so much a part of... People are craving authenticity yes. in any form. They just want authenticity. They don't necessarily want to know everything about my life. They just want to know that I deal with the same things that they deal with and we're in this together. Right. That's it. That's right, all they right, want to right. know and they want to see it. And also just a break from like toxic news cycles. Yes. Yeah. You know, like a break and, and also hope that... You can change your life doing simple things. There is hope. You can yeah. take steps each day. You know, it is a process. Don't yeah. be result-oriented. Be process-oriented. Enjoy yeah. it while it's happening. All that stuff. All that stuff. The main thing I keep telling people is that failure honestly doesn't exist. It is literally just 
oh, it didn't happen the way you wanted to. The The outcome wasn't what you thought, but it did create a result. It produced a result. Something came out of it. Right. It just wasn't what you wanted. So failure doesn't exist. Just shift and focus and go to the next thing. And also know? that perceived failure could be the fertilizer for a success a year Absolutely. from now. You just have to be open to it. You have to be open to mm-hmm. it. I'm so glad you yeah. were here. I'm glad but, you're meditating. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Yeah, and it, it's so funny how so many people that I know – it's, it'll just come up and they'll go, oh, yeah, I've been doing that now. Like, it's a lot of people are doing yeah. it. A lot of people that I know, especially performers and comedians, because yeah. it's just th- this fucking business requires so much brain energy and yeah. it's not always that fun. No, it's not. <laughs> and just that the the ability, the longer you do it, I'm so curious to talk to you. I mean, because I haven't even been doing it that long. But like you get to a point, like I'm at a point now where I can meditate through anything. Mm -hmm. I can meditate and my dogs can be jumping on me and pushing me over and I stay in this place of, I'm aware, but I stay in this place of pure, utter calm and like, okay, this is happening around me. Interesting. That's adding to my meditation in some way, shape or form. It's just, it's, I I really, it really helped me. Yeah, the, the, um, the person who taught me meditation who works for the David Lynch Foundation said, listen, every time you do it, it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Some days you're going to, you're going to like disappear. Some days you're going to kind of be at this top level, but it doesn't matter because it's just the doing it and the cumulative effect over time. Yeah. The, the more you do it, the more it just becomes a part of you. And I really understood that after a few months, like, oh, I get that now. It doesn't have to be a thing. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I didn't even, yeah. you know, I didn't even drift off or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I was just thinking about chores that I had to do. It's like, okay, so just go back to your mantra. Was, That's right? what it was. Yeah. It's still helpful. Because even on a subconscious level, you're choosing something for yourself. Yes. And that, and if you choose something for yourself, on a subconscious level, you were telling yourself that you were worthy of something good. Yeah. And that has a cascading effect over the other choices that yeah. you make. I loved it. You know, I felt like meditation was outside of my grasp. I knew I needed it for years and I couldn't quite get there. And whatever meditation you want to go to, I just tell people, do whatever. Whatever it is, however you find that place, great. What worked for me was this. And what I loved about TM was within two minutes of my first session, I was meditating. Yeah. And for me, that had helped so much because I was such a, I was so afraid of failure. Right. That it removed the ability to fail at something. You can't. Yeah, there's yeah. no way to. They it, they have made it as easy as possible. Yeah. It's literally the the art of not doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. listen. I'm I'm happy to talk about this. I know. Off mic, <laughs> not on a podcast too. I just don't. If you, I don't want you to be late for your next because today's like your crazy press day. You still have a bunch of shit to do today, I imagine. Today's a day. Today's a fun day with zero sleep. I, I almost got stuck in Gillette, Wyoming yesterday. That was fun. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But you made it home. I did. We almost had to drive from oh, Denver. Was there a storm? No, just canceled flights and oh. mechanical issues. It just was not the best day for travel. That's all. Gotcha. But you made it back. Made it back. You know what? You just go meditate in the airport and everything's fine. Just meditate. I know. I was meditating through the screaming baby and <laughs> laughing in my meditation. I was literally laughing as the baby was screaming because I could hear the people behind me losing their shit. They were so upset and I was so zen and the baby was like, Bah! And I was like, mm-hmm. if you can do that, that is what that that there's you there's not much else you can ask for in life than the ability to do that to be able to control your state and let yeah. go by control by not controlling. No, I'm laughing because I was thinking of myself. I'm going to be the parent that's meditating. And their kids going to be screaming up and down <laughs> the aisles, and I'm just going to be like, not my problem. Everything's great. It's great. Everything's just great. It's like great. It's no, because you're going to be the parent that teaches your kid how to meditate at a young it's age. It's my plan. And the kid's going to calm yeah, down. Yeah, it's true. All right, Katie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was nice.
It was a bit. It was. It was a bit long. Sorry about that. No, listen. I would, I would go it, as soon as you started talking about the YouTube channel. Like, oh fuck! I wish I'd stumbled across that sooner. But I'm. But that just means like after you've had the YouTube channel on for a mm. while. You can come back on and we'll talk about it. Oh, I'd love that. But I'm so happy you're doing it. And that is launched already or it is No, launching? August 6th. August 6th. August yeah. 6th. Great. Yeah, and we're doing it in 10 episode increment, like seasons. Okay. Um, so I can work it in with filming. So I'm not beholden to like every single week. But there will be content up every week. It'll just be smaller when those episodes. There'll be three big 10 season or 10 episode mm-hmm. seasons and then smaller episodes in the middle. Great. Yeah. All right. So Another Life on Netflix available now and Katie Sackoff on YouTube. Katie Sackoff. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Goodbye. Bye. Doesn't seem to be anyone around. around. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. (laughs) Go to the Foot Locker. Buying my parachute pants at the merry-go-round. Work it out, Debbie and Tiffany. Guys, life's too short. Come on. (laughs) Shake your love, guys. Oh my god. Shake your love. I just can't shake your love. I just can't shake your love. love. Perfect. Oh my god, I could do this forever. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. That was ID10T number 1013 with Katie Sackoff, and uh, I feel like... A good word salad wrap for today is all about patience and process. Patience is very hard to cultivate, especially now because we're so result-oriented and we are basically just convenience addicts in our culture. We can get things however, pretty much however we want, whenever we want, and, uh, and, and like on demand. On demand, this is the on-demand age. And everything is on demand. I demand to see this thing right now. I demand to rent the Lizzie McGuire movie immediately. I don't know why I just pulled that out of thin air. But, you know, it's just the idea that we um, are are so obsessed with our own convenience and how impatient we can get if we don't get something like ASAP, this second, right now, yesterday, you know, and not really... Again, appreciating processes, appreciating, you know, the length of time that something takes and really just kind of being okay with the process because, you know, and this was born out of the idea, the the idea that we talked about, about when you're renovating houses, you're renovating a place, you're restoring a place. Yes, it's a luxury to be able to do such a thing, but it is a process and it does, uh, it does create stress because most of it goes wrong. And so it's a good metaphor for life because I think a lot of us sort of live at zero or a hundred percent. Things are either a complete failure or a complete success. And there's no like, you know, but most things are like a B or a C. So, you know, a grade. And so, uh, you know, house renovation is a great, is a great practice for that because a lot of things go wrong <laughs> during a renovation and it sort of teaches you like, oh yeah, that's life. You know, you sort of, you, you get the, you get the zeros and the hundreds and then you just sort of, those are the outliers and then you just sort of average the, uh, the in-betweens 
And if you can sort of be comfortable with that, then um, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's much better to just kind of expect that that's what's going to happen in life. Now, again, you know, most things you do in life will just take time. You know, they are not Amazon. <laughs> where you can order something immediately. You know, this entertainment business, developing television shows take time, developing movies takes time, developing any other projects takes time. If you're an architect, that takes time. If you're, you know, going to school to become a doctor, that takes time. If you're trying to figure out what you want to do in life, that takes time. And you just have to, you know, like every day, just do little bits that you can here and there. Sort of like how I used to, um, I used to write stand-up, only when I felt like struck by an idea or inspired by something, which is fine. But then the problem with that is that you're going to go through periods where you don't feel inspired by anything. So a handful of months ago, I started this sort of morning writing ritual. Um, it's a very common thing for people to do. And, um, but I'd never really done it before. And so, yeah, I go have breakfast in the morning and then I write, I tinker. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't have to work at zero or a hundred, you know, like I think I used to convince myself that, you know, ideas either had to be like a plus a hundred percent or I'm not going to write them down. It's a waste of time. Now it's like, well, I write down whatever comes into my head may not be great, may not be usable or I'll tinker with old bits. I'll go back in and try to move stuff around and, but just sort of keeping the machine going and that embracing the process part has made it not only so enjoyable, but my stand up bits are getting tighter as well. And meditation is another way to practice patience and mindfulness, which Katie talked about too. And again, I'm so delighted and fascinated by how many people are, I discover or like in, have discovered TM or, or TM practicers or mindfulness practicers. Uh, so it's, uh, so I'm kind of glad that we mentioned that in the corkboard at the top where those people are doing the mindfulness podcast, but it, but the, or uh, the mindfulness thing on Amazon, but, but the, um, the idea being that you sort of, you just do it. You don't expect anything from the meditation or the TM. You're just doing it to do it. It's just part of the process. And the cumulative effect overall of the work that you're putting in, you know, will produce a result, some result someday or some result in the future or in the immediate present. But it's not a result that, you know, you're clamoring to have. If it's all result-oriented, graded on zero or 100%, then I feel like you're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment because life just isn't that way. There's a lot of imperfection in life. And I've said this a million times before, but there's no artistry in perfection. The, the beauty and the real, the interesting things of life are in the imperfections. I think that's why I love antique furniture so much and, and old houses and house restoration and is because the imperfections are where the experience is and that's where the living happens in the life and the imperfections are where the stories are, you know? I mean, some prefab perfect factory, like right out of the can kind of a thing, it just doesn't have any story to it. It was just manufactured by a thing. So it just feels like a thing, you know? Um, The beauty in life is in the stories and again, in the imperfections. So enjoy that. Embrace those processes. Be patient. Don't necessarily be so result-oriented that, you know... I mean, obviously, some results we need to happen, we want to happen. Goals are good because they give us a direction. But really, as I've said a million times before, it is all about the process. Um, So practice patience. Sometimes things, forces are at work that you are not aware of. So if it feels like you're not moving in any direction, at least if you're taking little actions and enjoying the process, there are things sort of working in the background that will reveal themselves to you at some point. I believe. So, uh, so don't give up, be patient, 
practice patience, cultivate mindfulness, cultivate life mindfulness, which, you know, again, being patient, enjoying the process. So I know I've repeated a lot of stuff, uh, but I think they are things that are worth repeating. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. And uh, I will see you in your ears next week. And I hope to see you in Raleigh, North Carolina this weekend, August 8th through 10. If you're there, good night's comedy club. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good day, night, evening, middle of the night, whenever. ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts